Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, welcome to Parenting the Adlerian Way. I'm your host, Adlerian family counselor and parenting expert, Allison Schaefer. Each week, I answer your burning parenting questions to help reduce the stress of parenting one tip at a time. We'll explore Adlerian psychology together and learn methods of child guidance for raising a happy, confident, capable, resilient child. Hi, it's Allison, and welcome back to the podcast. I'm very excited to introduce my next guest. He is a renowned singer known by his first name alone, Raffi. Raffi was a pioneer in quality recordings for children on his independent label, Troubadour. For millions of fans, Raffi's music was the soundtrack of their childhoods, and they took his signature song, Baby Beluga, to heart. These Beluga grads now share his award-winning music with their own children. Raffi has been described by the Washington Post and the Toronto Star as the most popular children's entertainer in the English-speaking world and Canada's all-time children's champion. Raffi is a music producer, author, entrepreneur, and an ecological advocate. In 2010, he founded Raffi Foundation for Child Honoring, an integrated philosophy that views honoring children as the best way to create sustainable, peacemaking cultures. Raffi has received the Order of Canada, the Order of BC, the UN Earth Achievement Award, and four honorary degrees. In a career spanning five decades, Raffi has refused all commercial endorsement offers and has never taken part in advertising to children. He is a passionate supporter of a commercial-free childhood and in 2006 was awarded the Fred Rogers Integrity Award for his work. Last summer, Raffi released a 40th anniversary version of Baby Beluga with famed cellist Yo-Yo Ma. Most recently, Raffi released For All You Do in collaboration with Lindsay Monroe and Yo-Yo Ma. The song is a musical expression of gratitude to essential workers on whom we have depended during this ongoing pandemic. And Raffi, thank you so much for taking time to do the podcast with me and so great to see you again. Hello, Alison. How wonderful to be with you again. Thank you. 
Well, I want people to know that um, you founded the um, Rafi Foundation for Child Honoring. You said that was 2010. And I had to go back and look in my photo history because you had come the year after. It was really quite a new foundation. And you spoke at one of our um, Adlerian conferences. I believe it was NASAP. Um, and that was so that's been that many years. It's been a while, hasn't it? It has. And then very kindly following that conference, um, you invited me out to Salt Spring Island and you put on a parenting event there. So I got to see your little piece of heaven on earth and all the work that you do out there. And uh, so it's been far too long, my friend. It has indeed. So give me, would you be willing to share with our listeners um, how you came up with the idea for the Rafi Foundation for Child Honoring and and what it's all about so that they understand why it's so compatible with the Adlerian psychology and and, and why I'm so behind this initiative? (laughs) I'd be glad to. You know, all throughout my career, which is now in its fifth decade, a career of making music for children and families, the core value in my work has been respect respect for the child as a whole person. And, you know, in all the advocacy that I've done for young children in media interviews over the decades and so on, in the 1990s, I was saying to myself, I wonder what a world fit for children would really look like, because that's the United Nations phrase, a world fit for children. And I said to myself, I wonder what a child hyphen honoring society might be like. And in 1997, I got a vision that woke me from a sound sleep, and it was a peak experience. It was a luminous moment in which I knew I was being given something. What I was being given was nothing less than a new philosophy, a social change revolution called child honoring. In those two words, I knew in that moment that this was a unique vision that connects person, culture, and planet with the universal child at its heart. Because the infant of every culture is really the universal human. So child honoring, as it came to me in that moment, is something I had to come to know in the next couple of years. What is this? What are we talking about connecting person, culture, and planet in a new way? Well, it's quite simple. Every house is built on a strong foundation. Every house worth living in. (laughs) With human development, it's not much different. A healthy, resourceful, productive person and lifetime is built on a healthy foundation of life-affirming early years. Because what's forming in the very first years, as you know, Alison, is nothing less than how it feels to be human. That's why we call it formative. That's the new F word, formative. (laughs) I like that. Right? That's what's forming is nothing less than how it feels to be human. So child honoring is a vision that says the primacy of early years is all important because developmentally speaking, the early years are the most important in a lifetime because how we experience those early years, whether we experience them as um, building confidence in ourselves, as giving us a feeling of possibility, 
an expansive feeling of dreaming our way into the world, that's one thing with a lifetime of wonderful positive uh, outcomes likely possible, okay? Or the contrast is stark. If we experience those early years filled with trauma, adverse childhood experiences, there's a sense of constraint and fear and suspicion, and the true self doesn't have a chance to develop, and the false self grows with all its maladaptive, look at me, look at me, acting out in ways that are not productive for self or other. So a stark choice, which is really no choice at all, if we are truly committed to giving children the very best in life, we need to make sure that their early experiences are positive and that we are mirroring to them the innate love with, with which they're born, which is the powerhouse that we all contain. But we need to come to know that love by how we are held by our caregivers. That's the only way we can know it. So the primacy of early years then is so that we can bring to potential a lifetime of positive outcomes so that we can be our most productive, confident, relaxed selves in society. These are the person you want, you want walking down the street of your community. <laughs> and in, so, in, in, in Adlerian psychology, we say our children are born innately wanting to cooperate and be pro-social right. and to right. get along with their fellow man. And in fact, you know, hatred and racism and all those other things are taught. That's not our natural state. We, yes. we, right. we are peace-loving people. Yes, and, and the child is a joyful being. It's the embodiment of a joyful, pleasure-seeking being. Exactly. So we, as their guides, are just helping them to know who they are. Their essence is love, and that's the power that they bring into the world. So child honoring, then, simply put, is a, a way of looking at life respectful of children's innate gifts and wanting to reorder societal priorities to make possible the best of human potential. That's what we want to bring into the world is the promise of human potential in its wholehearted intelligence. It's a beautiful, a sentiment sounds is not the right word. It is a truth. I think what you speak is, is a truism. And it's frustrating that it's that we are uh, needing to do this work still that that we have to campaign for change on something that just seems uh so commonsensical is is almost frustrating um you know you, how, how do you maintain your optimism well we're all learning i i had to come to learn about the young child through my work and i had many many teachers who showed me the way so we're all showing each other the way home you know and um the child honoring vision, Alison, comes with nine principles that might be fun to talk about. Could we please? As, yeah. As you know, the Rafi Foundation for Child Honoring, and if you if your listeners go to rafifoundation.org, there you will find an online course in child honoring that parents and educators who have taken it are raving about. The online course uh, centers around the nine child honoring principles, and I'll just mention them to you. Yeah, please do. Respectful love is the first one, and it's the key that shines through all the rest. 
diversity is the second principle. Then there's conscious parenting, conscious parenting, caring community, emotional intelligence, nonviolence, safe environments, sustainability, and ethical commerce. And together, these comprise a way of living consciously, setting our intentions high, and making conscious living our daily practice. So can you describe a little bit more about the course, just so that parents know, uh, is, it, is it synchronous or asynchronous learning? Like how many hours are they investing here? Um, that depends on the person because it's self-paced. Okay. Some people get into the course and they roar through it in a couple of days. Some take their time. Uh, you know, it depends how busy people are and so on. But it's a it's a 10-module course. Uh, there's an introduction, the nine principles. There's a summary. Uh, it's multimedia. There, uh, It's rich in resources, uh, both in video, essays, books, and so on, uh, suggested readings, all kinds of resources. And I think that at the end, you not only get a uh, a completion certificate selfie. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I saw some on your website. Yeah. Yes, I saw some of the testimonials. But more than that, I think the person completing the course feels a sense of empowerment as a change maker. Because when we talk about changing societal priorities, that takes each one of us to understand the need for doing so and then to uh, engage our policymakers in doing exactly that. And I think parents really appreciate having a roadmap, Rafi, and, and mm -hmm. that... And, feeling like I get all this different disparate information. How do I organize it into something that is has a frame around it? So it really does provide that roadmap. And I love that it's bigger than just the parenting discipline piece. This is about, yeah. how, this is so much bigger. You've got your yeah. branches that go in, in um, more directions than that. Mm -hmm. And that's why, um, you know, our beloved people like uh, Dr. Jean Clinton and uh, Gordon Newfeld and Stuart Shanker are singing the praises of child honoring. Um, so I'm very gratified uh, with all the support that we've gotten. As you know, the Dalai Lama wrote the foreword to the anthology called Child Honoring, How to Turn This World Around. And I just have to, uh, to give a shout out to you here, Rafi. Um, I watched the video and I did not realize that you actually had private meeting with the Dalai Lama. I guess, can you tell us you traveled over there? That was, this, it was very heartwarming to watch, but to be there must have been unbelievable. Thank you. That video was my second meeting with His Holiness. Oh, wow. Uh, the first one was in 1999 when I uh, got to introduce the child honoring philosophy to him. He was quite taken with it then. And I was invited back the following year, which was 2000, the 40th anniversary of Tibetan Children's Village, which is the school that he founded in Dharamsala, India. And there I sang with a children's choir, and then I had a concert in the evening in their uh, freshly built 3,000-seat uh, auditorium. And I presented him with a, a very special uh, version of the Covenant for Honoring Children in Tibetan. <laughs> we, we had it translated. Wow. So he loved that. And, you know, in his own beautiful voice, he said, very important. Yes, very important. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and uh, there was a beautiful, a, hug at, a beautiful hug at the end that I'll never forget. And, uh, but, you know, essentially he's acknowledging that 
the special care, as he calls it, for the very young, the special care, is our universal human duty. Because when we give it, the young our special care, that respectful love, we give ourselves the best chance of enriching our society. You know, uh, the Lakota Sioux were an inspiration to me when this vision was a fledgling idea in my mind. Uh, what would a child honoring society look like? The Lakota Sioux spoke of their children as sacred beings, you know. And and if our children are sacred beings, are, are, we, are we all not sacred beings in, in a world of wonders, uh, you know, wherein the ecology of the child is foundational to the ecology of the whole because we human beings are the primary actors on our environment, on our Mother Earth. So it behooves us then to grow up with a sense of responsibility and stewardship to one another and to our planet. And this is what I mean about child honoring, connecting person, culture, and planet. It's not enough just to, you know, look at the, uh, you know, the, the, the physical development of the child. You've got to look into the environmental factors that uh, affect the, the nurture, the, the food, the quality that's, that goes into the child. You've got to look at the um, cultural conditions uh, that often leave many, many families out of receiving, you know, what they need. And then you've got to look at the environmental factors of, you know, uh, is this a world that's sustainable for future generations to enjoy the way we've enjoyed it? Well, you know the answer to that question. We're really challenged in that area. And in fact, climate change now is the greatest threat to the future of all of us. But the young children have the moral card here because it's their future that's most up for, you know, to be to be lost or to be affected in a dire way. So more than ever now with climate change as this great threat to the future, more than ever it behooves us to do all that we can, not only for the, for the young children in our midst, but for all of us. And for and to, to the, for the sustainability of our planet and our species. Correct. Yeah, our, our time has come and this generation needs mm -hmm. to be ready to inherit the mess we've, we've left them and hopefully they'll be loving, caring, and better informed and better behaving with regards to that uh, respectful relationship between Mother Earth and how humans interact with her. Yes. Yeah. So we want parents to come take the course. Um, you've got lots of people that have gone through the course. Sounds like they can do it at their own time, their own speed. Can people use hashtags, donations? What are other ways that we can blow up and amplify this information for people? When you're on social media and you want to talk about child honoring, you can make a hashtag of it if you like, H-O-N-O-U-R-I-N-G. Um, but, you know, uh, I think those who take the course and, and are excited by what they've, uh, you know, uh, experienced, they can tell everyone. I mean, I mean, just spread the word. That's what we do these days, right? There are all kinds of hashtags we're all using all over the place. I don't need to name them, but uh, Beluga Grads is one I use. Beluga Grads, because there are now tens of millions of Beluga Grads in Canada and the United States. And I look to them, too. I say, where are you? You're the ones we need. We need to hear you, you know? Beautiful. 
Wow, you've touched so many people's lives. Can can I talk about some uh, three important songs uh, and uh, you can give us a little bit of background? The first one is uh, Turn This World Around. Uh, yes, well, my hero, Nelson Mandela, in I think around the year 2000, he said, it's not enough for world leaders to spout empty rhetoric. He said, what we need, he said in that beautiful South African voice of his, what we need is to turn this world around for the children, he said. And that sounded like a song lyric to me. So I wrote this song, turn, 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 turn this world around for the children, turn this world around. And I got to sing it for the great man in Toronto in 2001. What a thrill that was. Wow. Wow. You've had so many experiences, I can't believe. Uh, and then uh, you recently share the story about Yo-Yo Ma. Not every day do you get, like, you know, what, an email in your inbox from the, from the great? Good thing it didn't go to spam. He approached you uh, on this project. Well, um, I heard from my people that Yo-Yo Ma had asked uh, to collaborate with me because during the pandemic, he was very kindly... Uh, doing a series of songs called Songs of Comfort. What a beautiful gesture from this great man, eh? Yeah. So we we spoke, and it was a great pleasure. And I said, how about we do a special version of Baby Beluga, because this is the 40th anniversary uh, of Baby Beluga. And he said, sounds great. And I said, and there's a very special verse at the end for grown-up belugas, for the beluga grads. He said, let's do it. So it was a beautiful collaboration, one I'll never forget. Wow. And, th and then most recently, a song for healing. Yes, uh, this is an interesting one. Uh, take me a moment or two to explain how the song came to be. Uh, you may know of the work of Dr. Gabor Mate of Vancouver. Another great Canadian, who, yes. Yeah, who's made a name for himself in letting us know how widespread trauma is in our society, how he calls it a hidden pandemic. It's not so hidden, really. Uh, when I speak to my friends, to my dear close friends about their life experiences, each one of us is talking about the trauma of early years, the trauma of our adulthood life. And what Gabor Maté recently got us to understand, and there's a wonderful film about two weeks ago that was premiered called The Wisdom of Trauma. This is a documentary what he brings to us in understanding in that film is that we need a trauma-informed society uh, by which we can look at people differently. We can look at addiction differently because that's one of the maladaptive uh, things that happen when the true self doesn't have an opportunity to know itself, that the false self grows and so on. Addictions uh, are not something to punish someone for, they're someone to understand. And then you look at the underlying condition that gave rise to the addiction, which is always trauma, and most often in the early years. So again, those early years, that formative period of time, so important. So anyway, I've known Gabor for over 20 years. And when I heard about the film, Wisdom of Trauma, I was in conversation with Gabor, and I said, I think I need to write a song. I said, Gabor, I'm so impressed with your work. I'm so inspired by it. And he said, well, that would be great, Rafi. So I wrote a song called Song for Healing. And I remember the lyrics came to me effortlessly. The song just wrote itself. And I shared the first lyrics with Gabor. He was so excited. When I shared 
the entire lyrics with him. He said, I can't find any flaws with this. And I just felt so gratified. We recorded it in record time and make it, made a video of it. And then Gabor and I were introduced this song to the world uh, two weeks ago, I think it was the 8th of June, when his film premiered. It was just before the premiere of his film, live Zoom, Gabor and I, 17 minutes, it was marvelous. And in this song, I might add, you hear the beautiful, and I would say healing voice of a singer from Massachusetts named Lindsay Monroe. I have recorded two albums with Lindsay, albums for children that Lindsay has done. And she's a, just a, a terrific songwriter and singer. And I thought she would be perfect in this song. And in fact, when you hear it, I think you'll be very moved by Lindsay's voice as well as mine and the instrumentation that you hear. And you said she specifically has uh, put out a, 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 a new, is it, is it album? Is it, yes. Do yes. we still call them albums? Am I old school? Yes, yes we do. No, no, they're, they're albums. Uh, we may not have CDs these days because we, we're streaming so much. Yes. But Lindsay's first album, uh, which I produced uh, a year ago, is called I Am Kind, Songs for Unique Kids. And it was made with kids on the autism spectrum in mind. The second one goes even further uh, with these songs. Um, it's called Frogs and Birds, oddly enough, because <laughs> that's the title song, which Lindsay sings with her daughter Mem. It's just a beautiful collaboration, and I chime in with harmony as well. I sing and play on many of the songs on the Frogs and Birds album. Uh, the subtitle is Songs of Kindness and Caring. And these songs, I think... Uh, are songs that children on the spectrum will both learn from and feel seen by. They'll feel seen for who they are. And Lindsay has a very, very caring way about her lyrics. Her, she has a beautiful melodic sense, and it was a joy for me to produce Frogs and Birds. And July 7 is the release of the title song, Frogs and Birds. Amazing. Very happy about it all. And this is, you know, in ways like this, we are we are all participating in healing journeys and supporting not only children, but adults to, to become whole, to see each other with more compassion. It's a beautiful thing. And, and very needed right now as a, as a nation, we are all grieving and facing the, the very real trauma that we as colonists imposed and yeah. um, for those people that are listening to the podcast that don't know our Canadian news that we've just recently week after week keep discovering more unmarked mass graves of our uh, indigenous Métis First Nations people um, and it's it's horrific it's horrific and we're all trying to it's horrific well, this is a time that calls out for healing on a societal level, doesn't it? Canada is doing its own soul searching. We really are coast to coast doing to coast doing some soul searching. And to go back to what Gabor calls for, he talks about a trauma-informed society. And I think we can go further too. We can we can say what we need then as a society is a trauma-informed healing culture. That's what we need. And a healing culture 
isn't afraid to look at our pain and our wounds. In fact, knows that that's where the gift of healing uh, lies, is to first acknowledge where the wounds are. You know? And by a healing culture, I'm talking about a society where it becomes as normal to seek emotional healing as you would seek physical healing for anything that ails your body, your physical body. You, you go to a doctor or you might go to the hospital, right? Well, the same with emotional trauma. You've got to heal it. You've got to address it or else it drives you unconsciously throughout your lifetime. And who wants to live unconsciously? We want to live in the wholehearted present. That's what we want. Yeah. Well, your, your foundation is doing an amazing job to make sure that people are all children. The universal human is off on the right start and applying those nine principles. Those are healing principles as well for people that didn't start off. It's a it's a hopeful note that we do heal. We do grow. We do improve. And so uh, I, I can't thank you enough for the contributions that you've made, not only with your music, but also the foundation. Uh, and for your time today, I, I can't thank you enough. Keep keep doing all your good things. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's hugely affirming for me to hear these words from you, knowing how much you've done and continue to do for children and families. I thank you for the work you do. Oh, well, thank you. We'll have our little mutual admiration club. And, I, and for our listeners, I will uh, all the, the, hug? <laughs> the, vir- the virtual Zoom hug. Um, I will post all the links to all the resources, Rafi, so that people have access to everything that we've talked about. Just a, a cl- click away in the show notes. And it's great to see you. I'll see you over on social media. That's where we hang out. Thanks so much, Allison. Lots of love. Thank you. And back at you. Bye. As you know, it takes a village to make a podcast. So thanks to my team, including Max Cotter, my editor and technician, as well as the crew at H2O Digital. This podcast was recorded in Toronto, Canada. We acknowledge the land we are meeting on is the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabek, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat people, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit and Métis. We also acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13 with the Mississaugas of the Credit. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.